Yo. What's happening, everybody? I'm recording an episode of the show right now. Had this whole big intro that I had planned out. It's going to get real energetic. But here's the issue. See, I worked out today, right? Uh, just, just, just light stuff, but for, you know, for an hour. I drank a Mountain Dew before that, and I had the, 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 the great idea of then working out right after I had finished drinking my Mountain Dew Code Red. I think you can, you can kind of guess where this went. I think that it's inferred where I, the, the suffering that I had to go through today, uh, it was awful. So I'm feeling like not good right now, feeling like trash. Um, so low energy sort of podcast today, you know, if I'm not really feeling in the mood to scream or anything, you know, cause, cause I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not really not going to do that all that much, uh, on this show, you know, last episode was kind of a, uh, was kind of an outlier there. So if you haven't watched, uh, the last episode, I'm very proud of that. Um, just go give it a look. I think it's really good. Uh, Definitely my best episode yet, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna see if we can top the production quality of that. Uh, you know, we got we got viewership. We do. We have support on this podcast, and that gives me a perfect segue into my next point. Um, see, I've been starting doing this community shout out thing, right? So if you, uh, you know, so I, you know, whoever I feel like shouting out. I'm going to shout them out on the podcast. I'm going to tag them and everything, you know, in the description. So I'll give him, uh, I, yesterday I shouted out, uh, Jonathan Fardman, right. You know, he gave me some real great, real great, uh, friend of the show. Oh yeah. Total friend of the show. Great guy. Great guy. Shmeel. Uh, uh, his name on, but I, uh, unfortunately I did in fact leave this out. I did, um, I put his his uh, shout out section at the end of the podcast where I don't think many people are listening to it anymore. Um, so I'm actually going to now start putting these in the top. I think that that's the more, you know, cause this is a work in progress, man. We're, 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 you know, we're learning as we go along here. We're, we're, so uh, I'm going to, I'm scrolling through Instagram right now. I'm trying to find his at, I don't know. Ah, oh, Jesus. Following, following Jonathan Farber. Okay. So just spell up Jonathan and then Farb, that's Farb with a B, man, and then an underscore. And I'm going to direct message him right now. I'm going to tell him that I shouted him out. Shouting you out on the show tonight. And, uh... You're a viewer of this podcast. You don't go follow whoever I shout out, man. Come on, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. We, we, we you know, we, we have this little contract here, right? You watch my show. You know, I, I'm just trying to give back to the community, right? You know, if you watch my show, man, I'm eternally grateful, all right? Uh, you can always follow my Twitter at DD88Hybrid. You can follow my Instagram at King underscore of underscore Broncos underscore and underscore Sharks. It's a long ass username for no reason. Today 
we're going to be talking about multiple things. Uh, the main topic, uh, as you can tell by the title, is the meteoric rise of the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm actually going to start off first with my thought of the day, and then we're going to get into that. I want to make this a relatively short episode because I got to, you know, work on my work on one of my assignments for school. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling down in the dumps today because I'm really feeling sick, to be honest with you. But, you know, we stay on this grind, you know, you know, we do stay on this grind because that's the type of people we are around here. Uh, just a reminder, I do have my first guest coming up, and he will be making an appearance tomorrow. I'm not going to reveal who this guest is yet, but the show is growing. Uh, however, there's some bad news. Uh, yesterday, I received news. The show was attacked, ladies and gentlemen. The show was attacked by three gentlemen that go by the name of Carson, Colin, and Christopher. Uh, and they're from my old town, Galway. You know, I used to live up there. I'm not going to tag them because I am horrified of what they just did, right? So I get a call from, I call my grandma, right? Um, my grandma, I'm just trying to call her, say, say what's up, you know, just normal things, right? I hear that she's cooking brownies for these punks pulled up. These, these guys, keep in mind, they we haven't spoken in over like two months. I've now moved out of my grandma's house. I've gone to a new place in, in, uh, in Albany, New York. These guys were pulled up to my grandma's house, said, hey, is Declan there? You know, we want to chill and everything. Uh, probably going to go back in the woods, shoot airsoft guns or something like that. Uh, that's probably what they had in mind. You don't have a little cook out there. They'd shoot a squirrel or two. Um, these boys pulled up to my grandma's house. And when they received the news that Declan was not there, my grandma asked, offered them, offered them so nicely in her uniquely uh, delicate way. Do you boys want some brownies? And like any logical people, they accepted the offer. And when I heard this, I was livid, smashing things. I drove all the way down. I had to abandon making the show, went down there, taught them a lesson, saying, you're not coming in here just telling my grandma to eat when we're not, you know, we're not like like that. You know, you 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 haven't met my grandma that much. You are not, you're not coming into my house asking my grandma to make brownies for you. That's not how it works. They're just chilling there. You know, they're, they're just watching us some basketball. Nothing, nothing too major. They're not really, you know, they're not trashing the house or anything, but my grandpa's not there. Right. So um, I'm telling you, as soon as I got down there, I said, you know, after, after 10 minutes of me reprimanding them outside, I told them, Hey, you boys, you know, cause I pitch my podcast every time. So you would consider yourself sports guys, right? You checked out the hybrid speaks podcast on Spotify. And when I played it to them, they're like, Oh, this is, this stuff sucks. Oh, you suck, man. You're terrible. Really? My grandma offers her hospitality. You do this. It's disgusting, man. It's terrible.
All right, when I get back, we're going to cover the Justin Fields Pro Day and why I think that Justin Fields could be and probably I think will be the best quarterback out of this draft. And and we're going to cover the meteoric rise of the Brooklyn Nets and how they went from a nobody to a super team in the matter of two years. So if you didn't know about the Brooklyn Nets uh, before the 2020-2021 season, uh, you know about them now. If you're even paying attention to the NBA, you should know that they are the overwhelming championship favorites. Uh, if you think that anybody else is probably going to win the NBA championship, uh, you're kidding yourself, and you don't understand basketball. To give you some context as to why this team is nuts and probably the best big three in NBA history, James Harden was on the Rockets for eight years. After a somewhat successful success in Oklahoma City, where he won the Sixth Man of the Year award, uh, and after they made the finals and lost to Miami in five games, James Harden bounced to go to Houston. In fact, he was traded there for literally nothing. They got Kevin Martin and a few second-round picks in exchange for Harden. Looking back, it's one of the worst trades in NBA history. And ironically, James Harden is involved in two of the worst trades in NBA history. Um, James Harden spent eight years in Houston where he was a perennial all-star, a perennial all-NBA guy, and in certain years, an MVP candidate. And he actually ended up winning the uh, NBA MVP in 2018, where he led the Rockets to 65 wins the best record in the NBA, and alongside his running mate, Chris Paul. I In that year, I thought they were going to make the finals, and I thought they were going to beat the Cavaliers in probably four games. However, as you may know, the shots did not fall in Game 7. The Rockets ended up blowing a 3-2 to two series lead to the Golden State Warriors, the eventual NBA champions of that year. Um, Chris Paul had been injured in Game 5. I believe, or game four. And James Harden was not able to take that series back. And ever since then, the Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets for eight years, has tried to pair James Harden with players he thought would create a good situation for James Harden to win a championship. First, it was Dwight Howard. Then it was all the role players like Trevor Ariza, like Ben McLemore, actually, no, Ben McLemore is a newer addition to the team. Uh, Trevor Ariza, Chandler Parsons, he's another guy. Um, uh, Jeremy Lin for a few years. Um, uh, I believe Clint Capella at the end there. And then the Chris Paul trade happened. Uh, that did not work out uh, in the end because of the clashing egos there down in Houston. Then James Harden requested to play with his buddy, Russell Westbrook, who was traded from Oklahoma City to Houston for a hefty price of five first round picks. Now, looking back on it, this trade was very dumb. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back for James Harden's time in Houston. He eventually ended up demanding a trade even after the new front office in Houston had actually brought him in John Wall and Christian Wood. Um, he did not feel like that was a good place for him to win a championship, and he was right. The Rockets have lost 
20 straight games this season. Um, and they are, in my opinion, the worst team in basketball. Until Christian Wood gets back healthy, Rockets are probably gunning for that number one overall spot in the draft. Now, Kyrie Irving is a player who I hold very near and dear to my heart. When I first started watching basketball, LeBron was not in Cleveland. LeBron was in Miami, and I always thought of Kyrie Irving as the dude who was always such a joy to watch, but the teams that he played on were terrible. They were awful, and I believe for two years there, they got the number one overall draft choice where they drafted the biggest bust in NBA history, uh, Anthony Bennett, and then they drafted Andrew Wiggins, who was then immediately flipped to Minnesota for Kevin Love. Kyrie Irving did end up winning a championship because the King returned home to play in Cleveland, beating the Golden State Warriors in the greatest comeback in sports history, coming back from a 3-1 deficit against the 73-9 Warriors. Then Kyrie Irving said, I want to lead a team by myself. And he demanded a trade and went to Boston. He said that he was going to resign there, along with Gordon Hayward, uh, Terry Rozier, um, However, the whole Boston situation was one of the most dysfunctional uh, time periods of an organization in the last 10 years. Uh, the Boston Celtics actually ended up making the conference finals in his first year there, but it was without him. Jason Tatum went off in those series, which is now leading to all these Boston fans saying he was the next coming of Jesus, which I suppose in the long run they were right. Uh, as now Jason Tatum is the franchise player in, in Boston. And they also had a gem in Jalen Brown. However, Kyrie Irving in Boston was a huge, a huge disappointment. Now, Kevin Durant's career is one that is heavily scrutinized. Um, and for good reason. Kevin Durant was the second overall choice to the Seattle Supersonics in 2007. Um, he spent nine seasons with Seattle slash Oklahoma City Thunder and is retired as the all-time greatest Seattle Supersonics slash Oklahoma City Thunder player. Uh, in that time span, he led the Thunder to four conference finals appearances, including a finals appearance in 2012. He also won an MVP there, was, was All-NBA many times, and actually won four scoring titles in OKC. He became the youngest player to ever win a scoring title. Uh, one year, almost averaged 32 points on 50-40-90 splits. That was his MVP year. Um, and alongside his partner, Russell Westbrook, the Thunder were able to be the most dominant team in the West for around five years. However, in 2016, the 73-9 Golden State Warriors were matched up against the Thunder in the finals. Now, the Warriors at this point were the championship favorites by far. They were, record-wise, the best team in NBA history, going 73-9 with unanimous MVP Steph Curry on their team. The Thunder had just knocked off the 67-win Spurs in the previous round of the playoffs, who were favorited to go to the conference finals. Kevin Durant played very well in that series. However, infamously, the Thunder ended up blowing a 3-1 series lead in 2016 in the Western Conference Finals to the Warriors. And 
in that same offseason, Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors and eventually ended up winning two championships there, but at the cost of his legacy and credibility. Thunder fans will never, never cheer for Kevin Durant, no matter how many years pass. I doubt they will retire his number. It's a real shame. It is. However, it was the right decision. It was not the right decision to go to Golden State, the team that he had just been beaten by. However, we did see that the Thunder's other star player, Russell Westbrook, was unable to carry the team past the first round. And it is heavily unlikely that the Thunder would not have won an NBA championship with the core of Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and Serge Ibaka. That is my opinion. Feel free to dispute it, but that the way that the Warriors were, I do believe that after that, if Kevin Durant had not joined the team, I don't think they would have made another finals appearance. Kevin Durant eventually had the spotlight stolen from him in Golden State because he was not even considered the best player on the team by real Golden State fans who loved their franchise player, Curry, who was loyal and will most likely be a Golden State Warrior for the rest of his career. He was upset about this, and from the second he signed that contract, he sold part of his soul. And in Brooklyn, in 2019, he decided to get a little bit of that credibility back. And if he wins a championship this year, he enters the discussion as a top 10 player of all time. Now, now that I've got all the stories of these players out of the way, all of these players in some way are looking for vengeance. Kyrie is looking to win another team, another title without LeBron. Harden is looking to win his first ever NBA title and possibly win the NBA MVP this year. And KD is looking to win a title in not a stacked Golden State team, although he may have just created a better team. Because the Brooklyn Nets are an overpowered team who every buyout free agent wants to go to. And it's creating a problem in the NBA. Because it eventually doesn't matter about your defense if you have the three best offensive players in the NBA. And I will stand by that. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant are the three best offensive players in the NBA. You can make an argument for Nikola Jokic. You can make an argument for uh, Steph Curry. You can even make an argument for LeBron or Luka or Dame. But in my opinion, one-on-one ISO players KD, Kyrie, and Harden are the three best. Not all-around offensive players. I would give that to Jokic. I think that Jokic is the NBA MVP this year. However, if you have three of the greatest ISO scorers of all time on your team, it is almost impossible to stop it. Because most teams in the NBA are not equipped with three defenders specialists who they can throw at them. The only team in the NBA, in my opinion, who has a shot at guarding the Sixers is actually the Philadelphia 76ers. 
Did I just say the Philadelphia 76ers have a shot at guarding the Sixers? That don't make any sense. That 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 that, that yeah, that doesn't really make much sense. The only team that has a shot at stopping the Nets defensively is the Philadelphia 76ers. Here's why. They're young defense. Well, he's not that young. He was a senior coming out of Washington, but Matisse Thibel is one of the greatest defenders in the NBA right now. In my opinion, the defensive player of the year, Ben Simmons, the best defensive, uh, the best defensive player in the NBA period in Ben Simmons. Uh, definitely the best perimeter defender. You throw him at KD. You throw Matisse Thibel on either Kyrie or Harden. I would throw him on Harden personally. You do have Joel Embiid down low. See, the Brooklyn Nets do not have a dominant big man. Uh, Jeff Green is a stretch five. Nicholas Claxton is a guy who I believe should get more minutes on the Nets because I think that he is a defensive force. Uh, however, the Nets, uh, Joel Embiid is both, obviously better than both of those guys. And when he is healthy, he will be able to protect the paint from Harden. Now, it depends on if Harden and KD are going to get the foul calls when they're driving. But if you can limit those guys to three-point shooting, that is going to be a key aspect of what you're going to get, of how you're going to guard these Brooklyn Nets. Spoiler alert, I don't think you can actually fully guard them. I don't think that th there's a team in the NBA with three good enough defenders to shut down the Brooklyn Nets. Because if you shut down their offense, you're screwed. The Brooklyn Nets are screwed if, they, if all three of their players are having an off night. Now, I do not trust the Brooklyn Nets bench. I don't trust them. I trust Joe Harris. Joe Harris, if you didn't know, is damn near a 50% three-point shooter, which is nuts. Joe Harris is one of the best volume three-point shooters in the NBA. Uh, he is probably the best shooter on that team, and be one. And uh, be, 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 keep in mind, this team has incredible shooters all around. Uh, Bruce Brown is a good defender that they can throw on people. Um, and then Jeff Green is their stretch five, who, in my opinion, I would – you put as a backup. Uh, I am glad that the Nets didn't try and buy out and get Andre Drummond. I don't think that that would have been a good move for them. I don't think that Andre Drummond is that level of player where he can dominate in the paint because it, it, the clear weakness of this Nets team is interior defense. And if that's not going to be there, then there is a way to beat them. One of those guys will have an off night on occasion. And if you have two players that can guard them, such as Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, not Joel Embiid, Matisse Thibel, then you can effectively win a game against the Nets. But, 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 if all three of those guys are on, you, there, you cannot win the game. You cannot win the game. And, We've seen dominant teams take over the NBA many times. Uh, I, I think that if you have anybody else besides the Nets as your championship favorites, I don't believe that you watch basketball all too much. The Lakers' time is over. The Lakers, I, I would say they're probably the second best team in the league. 
it's it's getting close though. I mean, there's a lot of up and coming teams like the Jazz. Uh, even the Nuggets are starting to get into this conversation a little bit with the addition of Aaron Gordon. Uh, the Clippers obviously are there. The Sixers, the Bucks. This is a very tight uh, competition, except for the Kings up at the top. And we all know if you've been watching the NBA for a long time, we all know who's going to win the NBA championship this year. Uh, that's going to do it for the Brooklyn Nets section of this video. Now, just something I want to touch on quick before I end the episode for tonight. Um, Justin Fields had a great pro day. Uh, the script, I thought, was great. I thought it was genius by the quarterback coaches there. Uh, it really did show how he could roll out of the pocket very nicely and cross downfield. It showcased his accuracy throwing the ball. Mac Jones had a bad pro day. There's this one highlight of him chucking a ball. And remember, Mac Jones is, is a pocket quarterback who stakes there and is supposed to be accurate. And if you're one of those type of quarterbacks and you're not accurate, well, then, I mean, you know, my coach says completion percentage on air should be 100%. And if you're going into the NFL and you see that type of stuff, I, I would be wary of drafting Mac Jones in the first round. I don't think he's worth it. Just because of the way that the NBA or that not the NBA NFL is trending, I do think that Mac Jones is a bust waiting to happen. I also think that Zach Wilson is a bit overrated. I think that he's in a phenomenal quarterback. In any other draft class, I believe he'd be the quarterback number one. Uh, however, Justin Fields is a superior prospect in every way. Justin Fields has a more accurate deep ball. He can read down the field. Ac more accurately than Justin or than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson does have, from what I've seen in the film, he does have some issues reading downfield. He's not this, you know, three read type quarterback that that everybody says he is. He he does rely on RPOs a lot, which is something that is 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 more simple than you think. Um. But yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. I don't think that you can look at Justin Fields and say Zach Wilson is better because Justin Fields does many, many more things better. And in time, people will realize this. People will realize that I'm right uh, about this, this quarterback um, when he is in San Francisco or Atlanta and he's lighting up the league. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, remember, you can always follow my Twitter at DD88Hybrid. Peace out.